0: Welcome to episode 111 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to load the barbell without looking silly, exercises with the Bosu ball, explosive movements, and kettlebell finishers. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, Achievers? Episode 111. Fun fact, my favorite number is 11.
1: Yeah, it's one of my... It used to be one of my least favorite numbers because it's so odd. But I think I talked about this in a previous podcast that I've come to love it because 11 times 2 is 22, and 22 is my favorite number. We probably
0: talked about this for episode 11, actually. I bet we talked about
1: it for episode 22. (laughs) It comes full circle. Yeah, it's just basically... I'm weird about numbers. So yeah. It's really the, what it comes down to. Um, but I'm glad this it must be—you must be really excited for this episode. Yeah, this is gonna be a it's really, like really good episode. your favorite Number times hundred times 100. Nope. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode of 1100. My fast yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Yeah,
0: anything uh, come up this? I guess in the last couple of days, we're doing nothing. um
1: we're doing a stories series right now on oh, Instagram about um, training as new parents because that's been something that been has been being asked either for podcast questions or just um, in general people have been like, what's your training like now that you're parents? And um, so we thought we would do just kind of like a week long series and kind of document our week too, so you can kind of see how we navigate it. Um, so that's been fun to do, and yeah. so far every, the only time I'm able to like really sit down and film myself, um, talking to the camera is while I'm feeding Kendrick. (laughs) (laughs) So having to be really like strategic about how I hold the camera, I think in the last one you can like kind of notice that I'm (laughs) nursing him, but I'm like, whatever, it's natural. (laughs) It's, it's very raw, very authentic, very authentic. It's
0: Uh, fine. The other thing is we did start our, um, Instagram account for Achieve Mentors. So, uh, if you're a personal trainer or maybe even looking to get into the personal training industry... Um, Definitely check out at Mentors on Instagram. Yeah, we're Uh, really
1: excited to be putting content out on there and to differentiate um, the two because we want to keep Achieve Fitness for the general public and for, I mean, we want it to be for trainers too who are looking for ideas on um, exercises they can use with their clients, but we wanted to keep some of the very personal trainer specific stuff off of that page and have it in its own separate platform. Yeah. We're pretty excited.
0: Cool. Um, At some point, we'll separate the Ask Achieve show from the Achieve Mentors podcast and create a a separate podcast for Achieve Mentors. Um, Currently, though, we just didn't want to pay double the podcast (laughs) rate for two different shows, so... But pretty soon in the near future, I'm I'm sorry if uh, it's bugging you that you have to delete the Achieve Mentors podcast if you're just someone who's just listening for the Ask Achieve show.
1: (laughs) Hopefully it's not too much of a hassle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get into the questions. The first one, I love this question. Um, This is from CWN529, and they said, looking for tips for loading weight onto the bar for deadlifts without looking foolish. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like... Such a common question. And so like I'm actually surprised we haven't talked about this before because it can be really awkward and uncomfortable if you don't feel confident in what you're doing. Yeah. You feel like I mean it's very hard to do actually mm-hmm. to yeah. load a barbell. So the if you're going with like the bar is completely unloaded currently. Yep. Um what we would recommend is load so you want to load one side at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you do is you just kind of lay the bar on the floor and lift up, go toward the end that you're gonna load. So go toward the right side, for instance. You're gonna pick it up with your left hand. So that you have your right hand on the weight, you're gonna pick up the barbell with your left hand and then try to slide the weight on with your right hand. Yes, um,
0: now as are. you're going through that, you might find that, especially if you're using like a 25 pound plate or 45 pound plate, that you might need to use your right foot and kind of yeah. push it, uh, push the plate into the hole to kind of like give you a little bit more leverage um it's kind of like this weird like shimmying behavior that you do now once you actually get it onto the bar itself then you reorient your body so that let's say your belly button is kind of facing the bar like the bar cap right and then from there you can kind of like lift up the bar and kind of push in at the same time you can do it that way or i guess you can just stay where you are and still try to like lift the bar off the floor and keep sliding it in with your hand and your foot
1: yeah i think the first one tends to be the easier one um just because you're not like the barbell is a little lighter oh that's true so you can kind of just lift the bar the second one can be a little more challenging because you're like it's now constrained on one side yeah right so then the second one um what i usually do is i'll lift the barbell and put the plate on just like get it on the edge mm-hmm. um, so that it's in the hole of the plate, but you don't it's hard to scoot it all the way in at this point. Yeah. So you kinda get it on the edge and then two options here, but I think the easiest one is to actually kind of straddle the bar facing out toward the bar cap and pull the plate yeah, toward that's true. you. So it's like you're you're facing Toward the bar cap, you straddle the bar and you grab either end of the plate and you kind of lift up and pull. Yeah. And that kind of slides it right on and gets it flush to the to the edge. Yeah. I think that is usually the easiest. That should way. take
0: care of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is like you could um, put a small plate, like a 2.5 pound plate, um, directly underneath the plate that's already on there. Yeah, so, like so this
1: is if you're gonna, say you have multiple. a 25 pound plate on either side and now you want to add another 25 pound plate to either yes, side or something exactly. like that. So now this is where it gets really tricky because now the barbell is heavy, right. and so to just lift up the bar and slide a plate on is not with one arm. as easy, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is what Jason's talking about. Yeah, now. so
0: slide a uh, 2.5 pound plate, something with a really thin diameter, underneath the uh, original 25 pound plate. Now you have a little bit of leverage, a little bit more room to just push the plate in uh, essentially from there. So it's kind of like a little bit of a gym hack um, yeah. sliding a plate underneath. Um, and that's also one really quick way you can unload a barbell as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is like loading the clips is actually can be difficult if, uh, grip, st- if grip strength is tough or the clip itself is a little bit rigid. Like we've mm-hmm. got some pretty rigid clips. Um, but yeah, I mean for, for that you just have to use two hands squeeze really hard and kind of like push it, push it all the way in. So, um, yeah, but this is, this is a good question. It's a common, um, thing that people face and and they feel a little bit silly asking it or even just doing it, but, um, it it just takes practice.
1: Yeah, it definitely, like, it'll feel a little bit awkward and a little bit clunky the first time, just no matter what. And that's the same with anything you do in life. Like the mm-hmm. first time you do it, it always feels a little clunky and awkward. Um, but hopefully those little tips help you to feel a little more confident approaching the bar. And then over time, it'll start to become a lot more natural.
0: Yeah, actually, I mean, um, I've been uh, coaching some more Olympic lifting competitions with a uh, couple of our members in being more interested in the, the sport. And I'm so used to pounds, but the meats are in kilos. <laughs> and so I'm very, really quick at 95, 135, like all this bar math with pounds. But then kilos were happening, and I was like, uh, I'm totally lost right now. And I was like, I look so stupid right now <laughs> trying to decide just between, like, 10 and 20 kilos. It's just totally different uh, loading mechanism. Yeah. Um, so oh, and, and the bar is 20 kilos. 20 kilos as opposed
1: to 45 pounds, which is almost the same. Yeah. But it's still different. It just different it just mass.
0: threw me for a loop the first couple times. So yeah. totally understand. Even, even us as trainers for 12 years now can also get... Uh, Flisher. Razzled, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but don't ever feel foolish. Um, you know, f- make sure that you realize that most people are not watching you load yeah. this bar, right? Like you just just take your time, do you know what yeah. you need to do. Don't worry about it.
0: And actually, when you become a pro and you see someone else struggling, just help them out a little bit yeah. as well. Yeah, Don't just like take the bar from them, but just ask if just you be can like, help.
1: like, hey, them. I've, I've like i used to really struggle with this and i've figured out some tricks for how to do it can i help you yeah people mostly would be very receptive to that (laughs) yeah awesome all right question number two this one is from d nagior um and they said a question i would love to hear from you is about your opinion on exercising with bosu balls ideas of what we can use it for and what benefits we can get from that thanks
0: Um okay so bosu balls they were BOSU balls and generally just like balanced training overall, overall on a unstable surface. Um, was very popular, I would say, late 90s, early 2000s or so. Um, and that's something that we did all the time. We would, oh, yeah. we would always use the BOSU ball.
1: Squats on the BOSU ball. Yeah,
0: we'd use the Reebok core board, another unstable surface. Um, and the theory at the time was that it increased core activity and also increased your ability to... Um, balance overall. Um, later on, scientific studies were produced and just said that unstable surface training was no uh, more efficient than just regular two-legged training on the floor. And in fact, I think potentially it was less of a benefit um, because you're able to use less loads, less force, and less um, less of an overall uh, challenging effect that the unstable surfaces were um, a little bit more insignificant. And so after that point, we actually just started to move away from it. Um, now, however, there are some instances where you might want to use an unstable surface. And so sometimes we'll use, um, let's say, balancing on a AirX pad, which is kind of like this like like this cushiony mat where we'll do like single leg work, single leg balance work, lunges, things like that in order to improve some ankle stability, foot stability, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think uh, you could... In theory, you use some BOSU balls as like assistance work in terms of like just just doing some g- general exercises like squats on top of it um, as just kind of like generally training that sort of thing. Like maybe you have a, maybe you're a snowboarder. Maybe you, you are kind of like not really on just general ground a lot. Um, you could use it there. Um, but I will say that for the vast majority of your training, you should just stick with Two legged exercises or one leg ex- exercises on the ground itself, and you get plenty of balance um, benefits there.
1: Yeah, I think, especially for lower body exercises, I would say that's the case. I think that you can use the Bosu ball for like plank variations oh, or push-ups um because then it just kind of increases the challenge it's almost like the same thing as doing push-ups on the rings where it's like becomes really unstable and it just makes you stable. use your stabilizers of your shoulders a little bit more um so you can make an argument for doing using the bosa ball for a similar yeah. reason because you're not using your hands unless you're walking on your hands which i like to do a lot but <laughs> you're typically not using your hands for like stability of your body so like it's okay to add that challenge in every once in a while. as just something different. Yeah. Um, but for lower body stuff, it's not actually going to... Like, I think that the idea behind the BOSU ball was that it was going to make you more stable. And that just proved to be incorrect, pretty mm-hmm. much. But it doesn't mean that... Um, there's not, like, a time and place every once in a while for just adding in some fun variety. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's not going to be like, the ultimate, like, next level of your training, right? Totally. It's not something that, yeah. necessarily, like, build up to doing yes. back squats on a BOSU ball. <laughs> it's not, like, the next level after you've mastered back squats, right? Yeah,
0: that, that, that's a perfect explanation. Like, yeah. yeah, we're not progressing to get to this unstable point. Yeah. It's just, like, a very small tool in a toolbox that you can utilize. But actually, we we used to really love and still love, if we had a BOSU ball, um, push-ups, push-ups on yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it actually increases rotator cuff activity, and it's just... um. It's, it's a good option to increase just overall stability in the upper body. Um, but yeah, lower body, it's just not as, um, you know, f- effective. F- efficacious? Is that a word? Efficacious? Effective. Effective. <laughs> I was like, I
1: feel like it could be, but effective is just I feel as like effective. I was saying effective a lot. So I was like, let me just
0: switch it up a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're just trying to say advantageous.
0: Um, yeah, we can say that too. You
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Cool. All right. The next one is from Shah smile and they said, is explosive movement during a workout useful?
0: Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, okay. So explosive work, uh, explosive movements. Let's say you are doing exercises, um, for more of like a hypertrophy or volume benefits. You're doing exercises in three to four sets of eight to 12 reps or so. Um, and basically what happens there is you're working on muscle fibers that are a little bit more endurance-based, a little bit more slow twitch. Um, you also wanna incorporate exercises that make sure that you also activate your fast twitch fibers. So if you are doing, let's say, three to four sets of eight to 12 reps, throwing in some jumping exercises or plyometric push-ups or uh, medicine ball throws, Olympic lifts, bounding exercises, these exercises utilize different uh, muscle fibers. So you can really trigger your your fast-twitch muscle fibers, which makes it so that you have a more of a kind of like holistic and all-encompassing <clears throat> effect. So you're not just targeting one set of fibers. You're targeting all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, the more powerful you are, the more potential you have for greater strength, the stronger you are, the more capacity you have for better uh, muscle growth. Um, which also can link to better endurance gains as well. So all of them kind of play hand-to-hand. So you don't want to just focus in on one because that's your particular goal, but there's a lot of other side benefits that come from having more of a well-balanced approach.
1: Yeah, and also I think there's research that says that um, as you age, power is the first thing that goes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the... I think it gets even more and more important as you're getting older to incorporate power and explosive movements into your exercise routine. And I think that sometimes is counterintuitive for people. People yeah. might think like, "Oh, I'm older. I, like I'm getting a little bit more fragile. I don't want to do anything too explosive." Yeah. Um, but it just you can just change the way that you use pow- utilize power, and that you work on power. So it doesn't. Maybe it's not a broad jump or <laughs> like anything that's like it requires a, t- a difficult landing. But maybe it's like a medicine ball throw. Yeah. Um, where you're still just working on force production, working on using your hips for power, and all these different things that we tend to start to lose as we get older, the more that we can work on them and maintain them, um, the better our strength gains will be in the gym, all this sort of stuff. So Yeah. yeah. You
0: mentioned the older population uh, losing power quicker um, over time. Like The ability to get up from uh, a chair for an older person, that's a power move for Mm -hmm. them. And so it's not that they can't get out of the chair due to a lack of strength. It's actually a lack of power. They can't forcefully contract the muscles quick enough in order to get up so you know for someone like that a power exercise could just be sitting down on a box and then standing up as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and that's a form of power training for them so yeah power yeah definitely power comes in many different expressions uh, but you do want to incorporate some of it um, into your program just to balance things out yeah yeah definitely cool
1: okay and then our uh, last question comes from Ms. Curls, and they said um this was actually a comment on miss curls um, (laughs) Or Miss Curls. (laughs) Well, I don't know. You never know because, you know, our our friend Mike. We have a friend Mike who, his initials are like M-S-G. And so he made his his handle M-S and then his last name. Yeah. And he just thought, he read it as M-S, his last name. And then... He realized that everybody called it Miss. I thought he was saying he was Miss G. G. Yeah. I didn't want to like put his handle out there, but you get the point. It's uh, so you never know. Maybe this person also didn't realize that it was going by Miss or maybe they actually did. Either way. Um, So this was a comment on um, Jason's workout that he put up the other day on our Instagram stories. And he had done a finisher of kettlebell swings. And so the person said, what is the theory slash thinking behind kettlebell finishers? I've seen them a lot and they always seem to be tacked on to a workout versus part of the workout like you did. How do you suggest programming them? Thank you for all of your content.
0: I think this is a really good question. Yeah. Uh, Because you definitely do see it a lot kind of like. Oh, as a bonus to the workout, you do some kettlebell stuff as a little bit of a finisher. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's many applications where we put it in the beginning of the workout, interspersed throughout the workout. Um, That just happened to be where I wanted to place it that day. But you want to talk a little bit more of kind of like our programming rationale using kettlebells? Yeah.
1: So, I mean... We use kettlebells in literally every part of the workout in in various ways. So, like, sometimes we'll use them in a warm-up as, like, we'll do, like, a Turkish get-up as the end of a warm-up. And that might be um, toward the beginning of the workout. Sometimes we'll use them as a power development exercise um, before we get into our strength exercise. But instead of doing, like sets of 10 we might do heavier sets of five where we start from the ground do a single swing and then return to the floor and repeat that and that way we're breaking them up into basically single reps and using more of an Focusing more on power production as opposed to like conditioning. Yes, right? exactly. Then we might use them in the strength workout where they're fo- where we're focusing on strength. And so in this case, we might do sets anywhere from like five to ten reps, where maybe we're doing um, a kettlebell deadlift or a goblet squat or mm-hmm. a press. And we're, we're going, it's more of like a grind movement. So it's a longer duration throughout the movement. It's not as explosive. It's more about gaining strength in those ranges of motion. And then we'll use them as a finisher where we're using them in a ballistic fashion. And so this is where we do things like swings, cleans, snatches, um, single arm swings, all the different varieties that you use, um, like fast ballistic movement and doing them consecutively. So sets of 10 to 15 to, yeah you know.
0: The reason why you see it often performed at the end of the workout is because there's such a unique tool that you can really do a lot of – you can have a lot of conditioning benefit while still developing strength Mm. and power and overall stability. Um, And so that's the reason why people like to put it at the end of the workout because it's so versatile and effective for conditioning. Um, that people like to sort of tack it on at the end in the form of complexes or every minute on the minute swings like it's just a very effective way to cap off a workout um, but if you do something that's that tiring before the actual workout begins then it might um, negate your strength gains whereas you can kind of do it the other way and you can still maximize your energy for the kettlebell work at the end um, so that's one reason why you might see it Um, quite a bit at the end of a workout
1: yeah i think if people are using kettlebells only as conditioning then you'll definitely just see it at the end yes right like if that's their like their main reason for using kettlebells is that cardio conditioning kind of aspect then yeah it should be at the end and that's where it's appropriate but it's not the only place where kettlebells that where we program kettlebells in it's just where we program in those more like high rep conditioning type parts
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah all right. Cool. Cool. Well, I think those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for sending those in. And if you have questions of your own that you would like us to answer, you can send us a DM at Fitness Boston on Instagram. If you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind supporting us with a little iTunes review, we would be super helpful. I mean, super grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.